Hello, everyone. Welcome to episode nine of the Mind Blown Zone. This one is about weight loss. So we've got some really effective and empowering information for anyone who is struggling with their weight, uh, whether they're overweight or even if they're not overweight, but they're still struggling with their mate weight to maintain a healthy weight. It's going to be very helpful advice. Here with co-host Brad. How are you, Brad? Never better in yourself. Oh, fantastic today. That's for sure. Very excited to talk about this uh, content. Yes, indeed. So shall I introduce it some more? Please do. Okay. So we are here to offer you a <laughs> entirely new approach to weight loss. Okay. We're not here to talk about a diet. We're not here to talk about a meal plan, workout plan, different types of supplements, not vitamins, not nutrients, really nothing about that. Nothing that you would hear on any other talk about weight. Okay. This is what we're presenting here is going to be a complete paradigm shift in diet, eating, weight loss, weight maintenance. Okay. And this approach, not only is it going to be more effective, but it's going to be much more easy and much more enjoyable than what you're used to trying, right? So what you're used to trying is probably like craving suppression or sticking to meal plans or trying to eat in alignment with some particular routine, okay? So with what we're about to tell you, you'll never need to count a single calorie, you'll never need to suppress a single craving, and you'll never need to miss out on a food that you love, okay? I imagine that all that sounds pretty wild, but if you listen to this, you're going to be like, whoa, it's true. What do you reckon, Brad? You excited? Well, yeah, absolutely excited. I mean, this is a, I think this is a new idea reaching you know, kind of at the leading edge, bleeding edge of consciousness. But it, it's something that's been entirely and completely ignored and suppressed in you know, establishment, mainstream circles of scientism. So... It'll be interesting, you know, I, I look forward to the responses to this, questions, uh, complaints, uh, whatever from the people, because it's going to be, you know, earth shattering for some people to hear this for the first time and how few people have pointed it out or even taken what we're going to suggest today into consideration. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> so uh, just before we get into it, we'll just lay down. The sources of the knowledge that we're going to present to you, people like to hear that stuff or credibility or whatever, you know, uh, you know, we, we didn't learn this from being overweight and then losing weight. And here are the things we've learned. Okay. That's not where we're coming from. Right. My thing was that I had a lot of chronic pain in my life and I went through the whole medical establishment thing and I'm like, man, I've had this thing for 12 years and don't, nothing, nothing works. This stuff's all bunk. And it's only after I met a couple of people from who were teaching more esoteric stuff that wasn't really anything to do with uh, the mainstream medical establishment that I actually recovered. Okay. So I realized that, well, there's a whole other world of uh, healing information out there. And I actually have a course called the Back Pain Miracle that thousands and thousands of people have bought in over 50 countries. And I get testimonies all the time saying this healed my pain when nothing else would. And so this information about weight loss is kind of like a carryover uh, to, to that. Okay. It's like similar approaches, uh, but focused on weight. Okay. 
And how about yourself, Brad? Yeah. So, you know, my, most of my knowledge and information really has come through, you know, about 15 years of pretty deep study in, in the spiritual realms. Uh, and I use that, that term so somewhat loosely just to suggest that I've been, a, I've studied across all the different traditions and paradigms for a really long time, kind of landed on these ideas. Really, they came on strong, what people often refer to as the new thought movement, which is kind of this era from like 1850 to 1950. There's some real fascinating uh, teachers and authors that popped up during that time. Uh, you know, along with and coupled with that, it was also an understanding, my new understanding of what causes diseases is what, you know, these two things were kind of coupled together. A lot of people think that, you know, certain foods, eating, you know, unhealthy foods or processed foods causes disease. And, you know, from what I've studied and learned uh, over these past 15 years, that's not, that's not the case. But really for today's talk, we're talking about obviously just eating food and what, what goes into our eating, which is really our biggest energetic intake of the day, right? We're three times a day for a lot of people. Right? We're adding this energy to ourselves. And it's what's coupled with that energy that results in what people end up seeing manifest in reality. Mm -hmm. So that's where I'm coming from. Well, I like it. Okay. So we're going to be presenting to you a new paradigm, but we want to let you know that we are not ignorant of the present paradigm. Sometimes when we introduce new ideas to people, they think that we only think that stuff because we don't know about all the, the great science and stuff that's already out there, that we're ignorant of that. Okay, so we want to go through the present paradigm and talk about the, the shortcomings of that and where it's kind of failing, okay, before we present the new stuff to you. Right, so let, let's think about this um, mainstream conventional weight loss science paradigm, okay? So in terms of the cause of why you might be struggling with weight, it would be like, okay, sedentary lifestyle, okay? Slow metabolism due to genetics, not enough sleep, right? Overeating, eating fat-causing foods, okay? Sugary, processed, greasy foods, or if you have health conditions, right? Like like secondary health conditions, right? So, you know, if you had these particular things, then you'd be like disposed to weight gain and struggling with weight. Okay. That's generally what's going on there. Do you want to go through the supposed uh, science solution, Brad? The scientism solution, more accurately. Scientism so. solution, <laughs> right. the scientific beliefs. Well, so yeah, there isn't one person out there that doesn't agree with, you know, calories in, calories out. And we certainly don't disagree with that in the sense that, yeah, I can't eat 10,000 calories a day and lay around on the couch and, and not put on weight, right? That's a ridiculous to suggest otherwise. Uh, but this is what, this is the paradigm. It's, it's this full caloric intake, uh, you know, reading labels to figure out how many calories, you know, count the grams, just this really just this practice of intensely thinking about, and dare I say the word worrying about how many calories I'm taking in per day. This is a lot of people go through this and this is, this is the conventional wisdom out there. And of course, right. as we all know, for some people, well, some people don't need to do any of that. And yet somehow they magically maintain, you know, a fit, a fit body. So in addition to that, obviously we have this more exercise, less calories. So if I'm going to eat 2000 calories a day, I have to do, 
1500 calories worth of walking, running, lifting, whatever exercise to balance that out. Obviously, mm-hmm. one of them, I think one of the most sinister things for coming from the establishment scientism is this idea of we need to suppress cravings because I think our bodies know what's going on, but this is very, very right. common. And then, of course, we've got this government produced healthy food pyramid idea, which is another thing that can be easily picked apart if, uh, if someone cares to. So I guess the mainstream establishment stuff. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, just yesterday, someone told me about how they're trying to lose weight with this, uh, meal plan that their, you know, nutritionist friend sculpted for them. So they're going to stick to the meal plan. And when they get, uh, cravings for things outside the meal plan, well, they're just going to know that that's not to be done. And they're going to say, no, I'm going to stick to the meal plan. If I do the meal plan, it'll work. Well, the thing is that person has been saying this for years and it's one thing after another, one meal plan after another, you know? Exactly. One diet after another. Sort of. This one sort of worked for a little while, and then it didn't work any longer. And that, this one worked great for that person, but not for the other person. Uh, right? There's all these, all these anomalies, exceptions, and you know, never, never one thing that works for everybody. It's out there, right? Which is odd, isn't it? It's very odd. It all, if it was all purely scientific, then it should all work the same for everybody. Right. I would think. So we do want to agree that this um, stuff isn't entirely absurd, all right? We, we, we agree that these causes do go with and are correlated with struggling with weight. And we also agree that these solutions can work for some people some of the time, right? But a lot of the time, as you can see, they don't work, right? People can be putting decades of effort into you know, following healthy meal plans and suppressing cravings and counting the calories all the time uh, and just literally get no long-lasting result. Or maybe they do you know, lose weight for a while, but as soon as they let go of the diet, then it's, it doesn't work anymore. So, I've known dozens and dozens, probably hundreds of people that have eaten perfectly reasonable diets and done a perfectly reasonable amount of exercise and still couldn't take off the weight. Right. They were doing everything right according to the rules set up by the scientisms. So that should strike the, everybody as interesting. And of course, we'll talk yes. a little bit more about this idea of genetics here in a bit. And that's the that's the fallback excuse for why it doesn't work for everybody. Right? Exactly. And so on top of that, we want to kind of layer on some criticism about how even if like you can you could like rigidly follow a diet it's not a very enjoyable way to live right so for example diets require that you chronically suppress cravings and count calories okay and you have to live in this state of chronic deprivation okay so if you take that to the limit it can work for you but is that really what you want? Do you want to live in chronic deprivation? Or would you rather be able to eat all your favorite foods anytime that you crave them and never worry about calories or what foods you're eating at all? Obviously the latter, right? You want to trade these with me, Brad? You go for one? Sure, sure. I think the next one we have here is to say 
it's meant to be losing weight, but it turns out it turns into this lifelong struggle, right? Which you're just always kind of permanently hungry or permanently craving certain foods. And it just, it, it just becomes a struggle. Like eating it is almost something to not be looked forward to. For certain yeah. To, to, to dread. Dreading. Right. I'm dreading yeah. this because I've got to eat a, you know, a cup of broccoli and, you know, three tablespoons of rice. You know, I feel, feel like having, you know, a McDonald's Happy Meal. <laughs> yeah, it's, right. So even, even while they're eating the, the quote unquote healthy foods, there's still this dissatisfaction dread. It's right. actually energetically taken in. So right. at that point, what's next? Yeah. Uh, you're constantly thinking, constantly in your head, thinking and worrying about what you can and can't eat. Like every single food, it's like looking at it and being like, oh, can I, how much of that? Like, can I have one more bite? Is that okay? Or is that bad? Okay. And you're kind of like, if you like eat too much of something, then, okay, now it's time to like beat yourself up and feel really bad that you, you, you did the naughty thing. So now uh, the punisher needs to come along and smack you for being a naughty human for eating unhealthy food, right? You just had a half hour guilt trip, what you just right. said. <laughs> now what's next here? So beating yourself up for not being able to follow these diets, right? That are supposedly- No, oh, I kind of said that one already. Sorry, I did too. Oh, did you cover that one? All right. Uh, let's see. You recognize that you you really can't eat what you want to eat. Uh, I think we talked. That's pretty much the same as the other two. I think right. You feel like pizza, but you end up having you know broccoli and cauliflower. You feel like ice cream, but you settle for an apple. You know these kinds of ideas. I mean, we're we're suppressing our cravings, and those stack up on us over time. And again, it's this. It's this idea that we're eating something we don't really want to eat, which nobody should have to do in a sane world. Right. I mean, some of those things like bean sprouts, like sometimes I actually want to eat bean sprouts, but man, if I had to eat bean sprouts three times a week to be my <laughs> ideal weight, oh man, what a, what a terrible way to go. I love them on- And what we're saying on. is it's possible, what we're saying is it's possible to- your ideal weight without ever worrying about that and we're going to be getting to that it's possible because some people do it right that's how we know it's possible right the question is how how are those people able to do it but not other people that's the real right right core of what we're talking about here today um, right what do we got here like loss of joy i think we already hit that one uh you know envy and resentment can can be you know can be can surface in people who uh, you know are frustrated that they aren't able to eat but they're you know, their friend stays fit and trim and it's like a, you know, a cow, right? So all these, all these emotions and feelings bubbling up underneath uh, that are, we're actually ingesting with our foods would be quite devastating. Right. So not only is this like difficult and not even guaranteed to work, it's also just terrible. Like it sucks. It's not, it's not enjoyable. It like ruins, ruins your life trying to be like this. Is that the conclusion of this present model? I think it's certain. Yeah, it certainly can. Right? It can be because it's eating is such an important part of our lives for most people that it's, you know, it's, a, it's, a, it's really should be a time when we sit down and feel joyful and we feel, you know, happy and grateful, right? That we're get to sit down and enjoy this meal. 
but for so many, it's it's really the situation we laid out above, where it's this struggle, guilt, shame, envy, all being ingested by the person who's following the diet. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. So I would say that the, a listener is probably piecing together what's happening, and is that we're launching a complete takedown of this existing paradigm. Okay, so we're going to drill even further into that right now. Let's take a look at the general statistical effectiveness. It is an undeniable fact. You can look at any chart that, and you can look around your world that people over the last hundred years have been becoming more overweight. Okay, so even though supposedly you would think that science and uh, weight loss science and health treatment and all that sort of stuff is like getting better, people are becoming more overweight. Okay, and the the you know the knee jerk reaction would be to, to say, oh, that's because they're putting more greasy stuff in the foods, they're doing more marketing, making you crave stuff, and all sorts of stuff like that. Okay, we, we understand that that is the general objection, and to say, yeah, it's it's not because the model doesn't work. The model works, but it's because there's more bad foods. Okay, but uh, we do not agree with that. Do you have any comment on that, Brad? Well, yeah, I think it's that right. It's those two ideas. It's the I think it's the processed foods and sugars is the real big thing mm-hmm. that people bring to light, and it's also the sedentary lifestyle idea that we're lazier. We don't ride our bikes and walk and, and do exercise as much for home playing video games or watching Netflix or whatever, right? So it's like those right. two, those are the two predominant culprits that people like to point to to explain right, right, right. the fact that we have, we should be at peak scientific knowledge in 2023. And yet the results, observable results speak the opposite. Yeah. Right. So, yeah. So the medical approach, the scientific approach takes no, no blame. They're hundred percent right. According to them, just ask them. It's only because people aren't eating in alignment with uh, their approach and failing and uh, eating all these sugary, bad processed foods and being sedentary. But other than that, the science is perfect, right? That's right. Everything's perfect about the science. Always. <laughs> Trust the science, Brad. Right. Trust the science. I would never dream of not trusting the science, Brad. <laughs> do you want to uh, do the next one, Brad? Uh, what is that? How's it worked uh, for you? Yeah, I mean, has it worked for you? Uh, for a lot of people, right? It hasn't. Maybe for some, it has. I, you know, just my in my own experience, circle of acquaintances and coworkers and friends, I would say most people that I've known my life have either always struggled with their weight or never struggled with their weight. It's one or the other. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know anybody who some for a while struggled with their weight and then got it to the point where they could do whatever they wanted. There's always right. this struggle going on in the back chronic struggle right even if they succeed for a while at something right somehow or another they slip up and fall back to you know having weight problems right so and always expressing the ideas of science right always saying oh, i just need to go oh, this meal plan i'm doing or this new diet or oh, i just need to do it better you know yeah some scientific thing wagon. that i'm not doing right yeah and I, I, I was eating, you know, four grapefruits and seven stalks of celery, celery for three months and I lost all this weight. And, but, you know, that, that the idea that they need to keep that up forever to stay, you know, at, at this fitness level they want, 
should sound absurd to just about anybody that doesn't have to eat grapefruit and celery every day as their sort right. of caloric intake. And, right, and right. run ten and run ten miles while you're at it. <laughs> right. So yeah. So this takes us right into the next one, yeah. Which, Which is, is people like you, you have to admit that there are people in the world who eat whatever they want whenever they want. Okay. I'm definitely one of those people. Brad, you one of those people? I am, but I don't want to have to admit it. That's all I'll say on that section right there. That's a, that's a little inside joke. Oh, oh, you don't have to admit it, Brad. <laughs> Maybe the, the listener may have to admit it. <laughs> yeah. At least I mean, agree. We are, we are two of those people that, that, you know, we've never, we'll get down to some, you know, list of ideas here in a minute that some thoughts that might run through people's heads and we'll be fun to, to do that. But yeah, it's, we all know those people that have just right. crazy crazy junk food, processed food, aren't particularly health-minded exercise-wise. They're just living their life and somehow magically they don't tend to put on weight. So I think we can all agree. We know those people. All right. I mean, how many bowls of ice cream have you had this week, Brad? <laughs> I had an ice cream cone, no bowls. I had one so far. How about you? I've had a couple. Delicious, by the way. I've had quite a few bowls of uh, honeycomb as well. That's my secret late night snack that I love. Sounds pretty good. All right. You want to take away with uh, genetics? Oh, good genetics? Time. Okay. So w- when, when we arrive at this point, we say, okay, there are people who can eat whatever they want and there are people who struggle and they can't eat whatever they want. Well, where else is the argument going to go other than genetics? Okay. She's like, well, Genetics. Okay. Just that one word attempted takedown. Genetics. Right. So the idea that you have this predetermined physical code inside you that defines things, determines things like your metabolism and whether you can eat particular foods without putting on weight, like as if there's like the ice cream gene or the, the, the pizza gene, or the pasta gene, right? So let me be very clear about this gene stuff, okay? I'm guessing, and I've got about 100% certainty with this guess, that you have never seen your genes, right? You have never seen your genes, right? You've never had someone take a biopsy and then put it under a microscope and then look at it and point at it and go, see right there? Yeah, there it is. There's the fat gene. So it's because of this fat gene that you've got, which we can see right there. And that's the reason, right? Second to that, you certainly haven't seen ever genes causing weight retention or weight gain. No one has ever, ever seen genes actually doing these things, right? Never. So no one's ever seen genes doing this stuff, but the scientists, the, the, the experts, apparently because they wear lab coats and went to Harvard say, oh yes, there are the, the, fat, the fat gene. Do you know they literally call, they literally call the gene that they associate 
that they've observed is apparently correlated with weight difficulties is the FAT gene. All right, I asked ChatGPT for all about it. All right, but it turns out some people have the fat the fat gene and are skinny, and some people don't have the fat gene and are overweight. Okay, over their ideal weight. So this is, I mean, as close to unscientific and as close to nonsense that I think you can get. What do you think, Brad? It's scientism. This is how this is what the how the cult of scientism works, and, and right, it's it's this blind trust and authority thing we've talked about here in an earlier podcast that fit, fits so much into this uh, is that they need to find an explanation, any other explanation other than the real explanation for why Which is some coming. people struggle with weight, some don't, and it's this is and scientism is based on materialism. And right. so in the minds of, and this isn't to blame the, you know, the people working in these fields, the researchers, the, the doctors, the scientists, these are all kind-hearted, good people, right? They're trying their best to figure out this magical material solution out there. So they're doing the best they can. They've just been trained into looking for this, a material explanation for why this happens. Right. And this is what they right. arrived at, this genetic idea which there isn't literally not a an, an modicum of proof out there that this is the right answer. This is purely an assumption, and it's the wrong assumption. We're asserting. Yep. And if you want to disagree, then go to the, uh, I don't know, like molecular biologist or something like that. Go to the molecular biologist and say, I want you to show me my, my FAT genes. That, that, there's the challenge for you. Okay. <laughs> right. Or, or take, you know, a hundred samples happen. that they don't know of, right? hundred samples of people that are, you know, a mixture of people that are overweight, normal weight and skinny and say, here's the genes of all these people. <clears throat> I'm not going to tell you anything about them. You tell me which ones are overweight, skinny or normal size, right? And see if they can do it. Mm -hmm. Do you think they could do it, Matt? Uh, no, I do not. <laughs> I think they'd fail miserably, which is why no one's ever tried it. Right. So it would seem, if I may say, that the door is open, we hope, for our listeners, for a, another potential explanation. Do you agree? Right. Oh, I totally agree. Uh, I mean, this whole materialist, physicalist, uh, genetic nonsense is totally disempowering. And it leads people on a wild goose chase to engage in material physicalist methods to solve their weight loss problem, which are, are proven by a century of experience to be a complete failure. Agreed. Well, how about you introduce well, the, the uh, you, you introduce it, Brad? All right. Well, I think if, if, if I haven't hinted at it enough already. Uh, or alluded to it, what we get from these spiritual sources, these new thought sources, these authors, writers, uh, and so forth from days gone by. So these would be people who were not subjected to the last hundred years of materialism that we've all been subjected to. Right. Even just they, standard 1800s thought. They were suggesting, 
right? The, these people who, who really had this worked out, but it was actually our beliefs about things, our feelings and our thoughts, our emotions that contributed to this idea of retaining excess weight. So the questions, you know, that we fashioned that we would ask are, you know, what if what you thought about eating certain foods had an impact on how your body reacted to them? For instance, ice cream, which everybody loves. What if your body reacted to the way you thought about the way you thought and felt about certain foods? That's the same idea, right? How does your, if you thought ice cream was going to go straight to your gut, what if your body said, oh, why well, you, you want this to go to your gut apparently? Or right. if potato chips went straight to your thighs, that's what you're thinking. Oh, I'm, I don't want to, I shouldn't eat all the potato chips. It's going to go to my thighs. What if your body actually responded by doing exactly what you were thinking, even though you were thinking the exact opposite of what you wanted? Can you see that this is a possibility? And there's more to it than that, but that's, this, is the, this, is, this is the basics, right? What if people have the opposite yep. thoughts and feelings about food and eating? So... Uh, were you know people who never had to worry about their weight and could eat anything they like. What if they totally enjoyed eating their ice cream cone and their bag of potato chips? Didn't think for a second about the fact that it might be adding weight to them. So I think those are the you know the essential ideas uh, that we want to proffer out there and throw them out and get some reactions from people. Yeah, right. And now, now let's uh, expand on them, right? So shall I introduce the two different belief sets? You introduce, but give me the give me the fun ones. <laughs> okay, I'll take the I'll take the disempowering one. Okay, no, no, so I got those. I got those. <laughs> I got those. Oh, oh, you want to have those? Okay, all right. Yeah, Brad's yeah, gonna yeah. have to say yeah, the disempowering yeah. ones. Okay, yeah, I'll introduce the idea first. Yeah. Right. So yeah. there are, you know, the, the beliefs about weight and eating. And dieting and stuff is a spectrum, right? But you can kind of uh, identify uh, two kind of um, uh, central points, right? There's 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 kind of like a disempowering uh, belief set about weight and eating and diet and so on, and there's an empowering one, right? And what we're going to suggest to you is that people who eat whatever they who eat whatever they want. Whenever they want, don't feel bad about it. Just enjoy and just down ice cream and just go, yay, right? They have a particular belief set, right? They're they're around this type of beliefs. And people who struggle with weight are in a different belief set, which is disempowering and leads to weight struggles, okay? So Brad is going to rattle off a few thoughts, kind of beliefs that go with uh, struggles with weight. Okay, go for it, Brad. Enjoy. Yeah, disempowering. Oh, so, can can uh, I just introduce it one more one more thing? These are the these specific things we're going to say. These are the thoughts that you might hear running through your head while you're eating foods that scientism has assigned the property, the attribute of weight causing. Right. Take it away, Brad. All right. So this is so bad for me. I really shouldn't be eating this. I'll never be able to lose weight if I keep eating this way. This is going to ruin the weight loss progress I've made thus far. This food is going to go straight to my thighs or gut. 
I'm going to feel so bad after eating this food. I shouldn't be eating this. I'm definitely going to regret it tomorrow. These are terrible. They are awful. This is going to put more weight on. I'll regret this decision to eat this later. I'll feel guilty for the rest of the day if I eat this food. It's going to be so hard to get back on track now after I've eaten this thing that I shouldn't have. This is taking me further and further away from my weight loss goals. I'm going to need to eat less tomorrow to make up for this thing I ate today. Well, I might as well just write off the whole day after I ate this because it's ruined now. So that's a, a nice list of thick, greasy, ugly thoughts. None of which I've ever right. had in my life, by the way. And imagine the feelings associated with that. Like if you're having those thoughts while you're eating, imagine the feelings that go with that. Indeed. Now on the flip side. I would say, go ahead, Brett. I was going to just introduce say, the empowering beliefs. Let's look. Let's see sure. Some- some so, opposite. So imagine yourself with these beliefs. Okay. I trust my cravings to tell me exactly which foods my body needs exactly when I need them. I'll receive from this food only that which nourishes me, and the rest will pass straight through me. Just go in the toilet. Fatty, sugary, and high carb foods all play wonderful and beneficial roles in my life. I'm grateful for all the glorious, yummy foods the world the world has to offer. I love food and I love my freedom to eat as I please. The food I eat always gives me the ideal energy I need to accomplish my short-term and long-term goals. My body knows exactly what to do with the food I eat to create the body of my dreams. I reckon this end a bit empowering, Brad? That's, that's just two opposite ends of the spectrum right there. Absolute right. total polar opposites. And so, go ahead, Brad. Yeah, go ahead. I uh, will mention what you're going to say, and then why don't you go into what this means? Well, that's where I was going. <laughs> sure. <laughs> so, yeah. So, what does this all mean? What are we suggesting, right? We're, we're suggesting that people who struggle with their weight are much more likely to be immersed in that first set of disempowered beliefs that I read off. Mm-hmm. that people who effortlessly maintain their ideal weight are far more enmeshed in the second set of empowered beliefs or statements. Yes? Pretty simple. Right on. Right. So if you're presently struggling with your weight and you would like to switch into this empowered easy lane where you can eat whatever you want, then it's not about dieting, craving, suppression, counting calories so much, right? That's not what it's really about. It's a matter of updating, really, I say upgrading your beliefs. You need to upgrade out of those disempowering beliefs into the empowering beliefs. And, you know, purely from an empathy standpoint, right? It isn't your fault for having those disempowering beliefs about food. It's been crammed down our throats our entire lives from day one. Everybody we know yeah. has been telling us this, right? Our mothers, parents, our teachers, the people on the TV, the experts, the science books, the science classes. This, These ideas have been fed to us from the establishment 
from our from through our entire lives, right? We pick this stuff up in childhood, and a lot of people get these really bad, uh, you know, disempowering negative beliefs about food in their childhood from their parents, and it mm-hmm. carries through. You know, it's not genetics, but it is yeah. behavioral in that sense, right? Yeah, that's why sometimes I wonder if genetics are literally just the physical echo or something of beliefs it's it's you could call it behavior mimicking Mm -hmm. right so this is this is what my parents did and this is what i grew up with in this house so i i learn and take on and carry on their behaviors and beliefs into my life and then i of course naturally pass those on to my children that's why it looks genetic sometimes yeah oh yeah so how about we talk about why, like what, how can beliefs be so powerful, right? I think that's a relevant question. Like what, what's so powerful about a belief? How can a belief influence your body? Why don't you take this one, Brad? You want to give me more, huh? Well, it's a, I mean, it's a question that, that this goes a lot further than just food and body weight, right? this subject of beliefs. Right. Right. It impacts the entirety of our lives and the power of beliefs it's an extraordinary uh you know topic to go into but for today's discussion we're going to suggest that you're telling your body what's going to happen with the food that you eat with your beliefs mm-hmm. right and some some people will argue well you know it's i didn't think potato chips you know went to my thighs until i ate a bunch of potato chips and then my thighs got bigger right but somewhere, somehow, somewhere, that idea was prevailing, was pressing on the person. But we're suggesting that there was at least a concern that would be the case. They'd heard that before from somebody. So there, maybe there was a fear about something like that, a worry that potato chips were going to go to the thighs or the gut or wherever. Mm-hmm. So, you know, one of the biggest ideas, when, when, the first time I really got this idea, was this notion of eating guilt or shame. So this is one of the more palpable examples. But imagine if you could feel so guilty and ashamed of what you were eating, right? breaking out of your diet or eating this food that you know that you craved, but you, you were worried that it was gonna, you know, cause you to gain weight. Imagine if your body could respond to this guilt and shame emotion by making your body something that you feel guilty about and ashamed over literally responding to that energy you're putting out. That makes mm-hmm. sense? Did I say that right? Yeah, I mean it's the 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 guilt and the shame are in you know conceived in that moment of the eating and then they manifest to or expressed physically be aligned with that. Yeah. Right, the belief is is pondered and then it's expressed. Literally transforming the energy of that food into the belief set. Mm-hmm. That one really made a lot of sense to me, and I, because I've known some people that you know have you know gotten ensnared in these, this kind of negative feedback loop. So that's really you know uh, one of the more power, powerful ideas. Were you going to say something? I uh, do you want me to do the the clarification? Sure. Okay, so we're not saying that eating certain foods like won't cause you to gain weight. Right. Like we're not saying that 
Oh, they actually don't, right? That's not what we're saying. What we're saying is if you believe that eating certain foods will cause you to gain weight, then those foods will cause you to gain weight, okay? And if you believe like me and, and literally billions of other people that eating ice cream and sugary foods and greasy foods is just whatever, then it'll be just whatever and it'll just be an enjoyable experience and nothing more than that and have nothing to do with holding weight. Does, yeah, it, does that clarify it like we wanted to, Brad? Uh, yeah, let me, let me just say it shorter and clearer. Yeah, it, if you, as Matt said, if you believe that the food is going to cause you to gain weight, then it's going to cause you to gain weight. You're the, you're the one putting that energy into the food. So your body's going to store it. It's going to hold on to it to help you help reflect back to you your dominant belief set. Right? Because there's millions and millions of people out there that say potato chips make you gain weight and they eat them and they gain weight. Well, we don't disagree. All we're saying is it's because they believe that potato chips make them gain weight. That causes mm -hmm. them to gain weight. That's it in a nutshell. Yeah. That's it. So, how do you change the all idea. This stuff, Matt? <laughs> how do you change oh, your beliefs? Well, <laughs> so coincidental that you might ask. Okay. So, so look, at, at this point, someone listening is either going to be like, that is a bunch of nonsense and I don't want anything to do with it. Okay. Fine. All right. I understand. Go. Ex keep exploring the mainstream science ideas and see how that works out for you for one year or two years. And if it hasn't worked out, maybe come back and consider this. But if you're on the, the page where you're like, oh, yeah, it's obvious. Yeah. Yeah. All this physical, physicalism, materialism stuff is just a bunch of nonsense. And it's, it doesn't work for, for many people at all. The statistics getting worse. It doesn't work for me. And meanwhile, other people can eat whatever they want, right? If you, if you realize that, if you're ready to understand that this scientific model is and go deeper into this belief change mode where you move closer toward empowering beliefs and discard and release these disempowering beliefs that just ugh, cause weight gain, then I want to tell you that there's actually finally a way to actually do it, right? In the, uh, in the spirit of the course that I made for back pain, which I literally have healed probably hundreds of people's back pain all over the world in 50 countries plus, right? I've used the same technology to create a, an experience for people looking to reach their ideal body weight and maintain it effortlessly, right? It's called conscious eating. And what you do in this course is you do these special exercises where you're eating particular foods. Uh, you can eat your favorite foods of these variations, but I, it's like the cheesecake exercise, the apple exercise, the Kentucky, the, the fried chicken exercise, right? There's like a, a few more as well. And you, you can eat whichever food you like to, to go with that if that's not your exact favorite. It doesn't have to be an apple. It can be an orange. But you, you do these exercises with the food and it helps you get in touch and notice and feel the false disempowering beliefs that are there and actually go, oh, yeah, I see how that's in me driving and maintaining and perpetuating this weight situation. And you actually can release it and discard it right? and, be, and be free of it. Right? So it frees you from the prison. And it also helps, 
you know, there's a there's a whole lot of um, empowering information in there that you can, you know, a new body of ideas that's empowering and leads to your ideal body weight that you can receive and take in and embody. And once you discard all that ugh stuff and take on this new stuff, you're going to have the transformed mindset of someone who eats effortlessly whatever they want. And your life is going to be so much more enjoyable with food. You're going to eat whatever you want, whenever you want. You're going to love every bite. And it's going to be great. You're never going to need to diet or suppress cravings again. Okay? So if you're already on the mindblownzone.com watching this podcast, you can just look below. And otherwise, you can come over to the mindblownzone.com and you know, find the course on that site. There's also a special site for it called the keytoweightloss.com. So however you, however you want to get there, go and check that out. This thing is going to be the greatest weight loss revolution ever, right? Because this is going to free people from these materialist, physicalist notions of genetics and trying to suppress cravings and eat in line with the healthy food pyramid, okay? And it's going to just end all that and just bring back the joy of eating. What, what else do you reckon you could say about it, Brad? Yeah, I'll make a couple of points. So first of all, I just want to, I, I want to just add that, you know, Matt set up two groups, either you totally think this is a bunch of bunk and nonsense and you're not ready to accept these ideas or you are, I, I would add that if, if you're even, if you if your consciousness is opened enough <clears throat> that some of, at least some of what we said is making sense to you, that this mm-hmm. is a possibility that this course is right for you. And by no means are we suggesting that it's easy to change these beliefs that you've had for 20, 30, 40, 50, 60, however many years, right? It's, you can't just turn them all off overnight. Nobody's suggesting that. And that's, that's why we put this course together. Matt really did a brilliant job of, of going through, you know, very carefully these exercises on how you could approach this and how you could learn to turn around your beliefs on these, on these different uh, foods and you know this this whole idea around you. So anybody, if you totally reject this and you think it's got to be this genetics thing, even though there's not a whiff of proof out there in reality, by all means, this isn't going to be for you. You're going to just that's part of your belief set, right? Is that the scientists have it right and it's genetics. So as long as you are have uh, given into that, right? Into that idea that you just you did you lost the genetic lotto and there's you're just going to have to struggle with your weight for the rest of your life because of it then right this course wouldn't be right for you. And but please of, do come back in a year or two. Yeah, absolutely. You know, after giving it some thought, you know, consider this mm. this listening to this podcast a, a sort of a planting of a seed. It's not ready mm. to germinate yet, right? The season isn't right, but by all means, think about it a little bit and learn to look at how how you're thinking and how you're feeling while you're eating, while you're preparing your meals and while you're thinking about eating and so forth. See if what we're saying resonates. I kind of wanted to leave off just with this, you know, this last bit here, Matt, that, you know, it really comes down to, you have two choices. It's pretty simple as, as you know, even though we put together an hour long podcast, it comes down to this. As I said, you, either you believe what the experts and authorities are saying about the science of eating and dieting, and that you are unfortunately got stuck with bad genetics if you're having trouble with your weight and you're just going to have to live with it right it's, it's this kind of this life of quiet desperation kind of a situation right where you just you're stuck with it 
because mm-hmm. there isn't they are they aren't offering you any help right? they're just saying you you've just got to watch your weight and eat less than everybody else right? that's that's your only choice uh, mm-hmm. and that's so that's option a so by all means you can stick with that the second option is what we're talking about we're saying no all you got to do is upgrade your beliefs about eating you got to turn it into a joyful enjoyable exciting fun part of your life instead of a dreadful worrisome guilt laden shame laden activity and if you can make that switch then that's when the magic happens those are your choices yeah oh yeah love it <laughs> so it's conscious eating the key to weight loss you can get it at the mindblindzone.com or you can get it at ketoweightloss.com it's going to be magical it's going to be the best experience with weight loss you've ever had it's going to be better than yeah. any diet craving special suppression thing or a workout plan or meal plan ever and it's going to be long lasting right not just as long as you can stick to it permanent right. transformation it's absolutely transformational absolutely never have to think about it again the joy of right. eating returns it, absolutely fantastic all right Matt. anything else no i just want to thank everybody for listening and i want to thank you brad for doing the podcast with me uh, this is just thank great you. yeah we want to thank all our listeners and we look forward we certainly look forward to feedback and comments uh and you know hopefully we get enough feedback and comments that we can put together a follow-up uh, podcast in the next couple of months here answering those questions right on because i'm sure we'll get a lot all right thanks everybody thanks matt we'll catch you on the next podcast all right thanks everybody have a good one bye-bye